Welcome to the 3v3 Podcast, your socially distanced hockey chat show. Here are your hosts, Cassie, Pat, and Patrick. So I ended last episode with the ever so exciting question. Uh, under what circumstances would you consider granting teams the power or consider granting teams the power to decline penalties on the opposing team in a game and therefore declining going on the power play? All right, I'm just going to go for it. Um, if you happen to be a member of the Ottawa Senators team that got caught spilling some crap about a certain assistant coach while in an Uber, if you are part of that team, you can decline a power play. At any time? Yes. Okay. Because, as we know, the players who get to play are... Oh, they're either extremely talented or very obedient. You you get to choose which in individual mm. cases. And so even though you're playing for a quote-unquote moron, you still got to do what you need to to get your minutes to help your next contract. Mm-hmm. Patrick? I got nothing. <laughs> they don't deserve to be able to decline power plays. No. <laughs> no, they really don't. If if you're uh, sometimes teams look at it as an advantage when they got a crappy power play. So why not take a penalty? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't be able to shouldn't be able to get out of your responsibility to do your job. Yeah, you shouldn't be able to get out of the responsibility of doing your job. Do your damn job. I, I would I would consider that fair, except for we have the whole um, reviewing offsides thing. <laughs> that's a different story. That's that's you know you don't get to you, you get to challenge to see if it was offside. You, you know. The officials determined on the ice that you committed an infraction. The other team should get the opportunity to say, no, our power play blows. We don't <laughs> want to do that. No, do your damn job. Right. No, it's, it's, it's not like a team could just, you know, employ a different tactic and not try to run a quote-unquote power play unit or just, you know, treat it like it's some special different occasion and just do what they do five on five. But no, we can't do that. Someone has to justify their uh, pay grade. Their power play blows chunks. They're not justifying their pay grade. So do your damn job. Well, then the dirty little secret is if I just play the next line up in the rotation, why are we even bothering to coach special teams in these circumstances? That means one less job in the union that's not really a union. So I I had no real answer to this because uh, there really isn't a 
uh, correlation between football and, and hockey for this. Uh, the only thing I could really come up with was, you know, they would have to be, in order to decline a penalty, they need to be penalized for it in some other fashion, right? So, like, when people challenge the offsides call, if it doesn't go well, then there's they're penalized for it. And so... Um, so I, I I couldn't come up with a really great I correlation between football and hockey on that one. It was just a people keep saying it, so let's see if we can come up with something. But yeah, I guess there really isn't anything to come up with, at least at this point. Right with football, you the football is you either gain an advantage as a result of the penalty being taken. Or you gain the advantage as a result of the play where the penalty incurred. Mm-hmm. So in hockey, there's generally no advantage on the play when the penalty incurred. It was just a penalty. It's not like you know. It's not like if I score a goal and there was a penalty on it, I can decline it because I've already scored a goal. Well, play's already done by the time you score the goal. So the penalty is, depending, wiped. Yep. In all this talk, really, we just we do have to take into consideration why are we denying ourselves the opportunity to see a power kill? Why? I, you know, oh. <laughs> I think this is like the first question we've had where there really isn't an answer <laughs> other than why are we why are we even asking this question? So <laughs> I don't think it's the first, but <laughs> it's one the of others, the few. How about that? <laughs> the others we've the others we've been able to at least muddy through answers. No, I I don't you know I. I, I I get why people make the joke, and you know that's essentially what it is. Mm-hmm. It's oh god, our power play is so awful. Can we decline the penalty and take you know take the yardage mm-hmm. type thing? But yeah, there's no yardage, not unless no. you let yeah, yeah. So Patrick, why why are you so pissy? I'm not. I'm just answering your questions. <laughs> And you're supposed to say to me, not very well. <laughs> <laughs> That's your uh, opinion. <laughs> I know everything, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, you're a woman. Um, <clears throat> oh, God, boy, if you needed any help defining the lines between the 200 hockey men and the real people in the world, that that one sure blew it. Pull mm-hmm. them into focus pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I defend the ability. You know, there's no way that Jim Mathis should have been treated like that. Why? You ask a Why? stupid question, you get you're gonna get a stupid answer. <laughs> the thing is, he didn't get a stupid answer. No, I know he didn't. He didn't. No, and and everyone was into the other people that are just like, you know, Drysdale's just being a baby. You know, it's his job to go out there and answer questions. He did. My he, only. He answered the question. My only 
only problem with Dreisaitl wasn't how he answered the question. Is it he didn't even try to like? And this is strictly from a, if I did this at work, I would get called out on it. But he didn't even try to put a good face on it. He just, like, he had a bad attitude. But I don't blame him for having a bad attitude. Don't get me wrong. It's just in a professional setting, you you're probably shouldn't be, like, you know, sitting there pouty. But, um, again, he had all the reason to answer the way that he wanted to answer. And he didn't answer wrong. I just didn't, I was just like looking at his attitude going, yeah, if I did that in a meeting, oh my God. <laughs> I'd get pulled aside by my boss going, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> and I generally tell my boss that was the biggest waste of my time. Right. Yeah. That is, you know, dry title is definitely in a meeting that should have been a two sentence email. Yes. Yeah. He was. Yeah. And what makes matters worse is, the hockey men in the press having some sort of expectation of answers. No, when you ask a question as a <clears throat> journalist, a serious journalist, um, <laughs> you're asking it to get some sort of information back, usually without a preconceived notion of what you should be hearing, except for in sports journalism and cliches and, you know, the famous quote from the movie Bull Durham, yada, yada, yada. And I think as fans, we've all gotten to the point of, why do we even need to hear this anymore? Everything is a game recap story. We don't need to hear their quotes about why stuff is working or why stuff isn't working. We all know the answers. Well, it's it's not even... Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. I, I just put myself into a league with Jim Matheson. Shoot. <laughs> I know the answers. No, Matheson was trying to, to lead Dreisaitl to uh throw somebody under the bus exactly <laughs> and and if you don't think dry knew that the way his body language changed between the questions tells you everything you need to know about his attitude his feelings towards matheson oh yeah right because yeah. he wasn't you know all hockey players have that disinterested look when they're sitting at the podium. A, we've had this discussion before. It's the last place on the face of the planet these guys want to be. Well, and that and the fact that they just keep getting the same questions over right. and well, over that, and over that's again. What <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's part of the reason why they have no interest in being there. It's because it's just going to be the same tripe constantly. Mm -hmm. If you're winning, it's, you know, if you're winning, they're going to ask the same questions you know, as, regardless, and if you're losing, they're going to ask the same questions. What do you guys need to do to get back on track? What do you think is wrong with you? You know, it's the laziness of it. And I understand that there, that there is a desire for these, the perception of these players to be like, you know, they're thoughtful and, and you know, and they provide in, insightful answers and and all of this other rigmarole. You know, they're giving a great insight onto the workings of the team and blah, 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 blah. And if you really expect the U.S. military to, just, to divulge all of your secrets simply because you ask, you're an idiot. <laughs> you know, and we're not even talking anything to that to that level of severity or or. God, you know, it's just give me Security. a, yeah, well, it, give me a break with that stuff. It was also 
Matheson just being so entitled. Oh, he is so awful. And like and just like expecting to get a response, the response he wants, rather than the response that he's just going to get. He didn't like the answer, right? Because he wanted the clickbait. He wanted Drysaddle to say something that he could point to and say, "I asked this question to Leon, and he can't. You know, his answer will surprise you. Click here for more. You know, that's the gotcha." He wanted a gotcha. He was digging for a gotcha. And Leon knew it before he even, before he even, the question even was asked. He knew he was going to get a gotcha from this guy because that's, that's why his retort was beautiful of the, you know, why don't you, you know everything. Because mm-hmm. that's exactly how Matheson comes across in all of his articles. It's almost if you take a person who has played, oh, I don't know, eight to nine seasons or has been in a work environment for eight to nine years and has seen the same thing out of a coworker or a client or a customer or whomever, the patterns repeat themselves over and over and over again. Why would he expect anything different? Uh, exactly. You know what you're going to get from Matheson. You know what you're going to get from Spectre. They're going to throw the players under the bus before they ever talk about anything in management. And they're always going to say the same tripe when it comes to, you know, this team has no guts, this team has no fight, this team has no push, this team has no heart, you know, the same. Because all those lines are easier than doing actual analysis or talking to someone who is outside the Edmonton media market and, and can actually break down their games with a fresh set of eyes. Now yeah. let, let's just go for the, let's play the same old hits well, because it's, it's easier to do. That's exactly what it is. It's, it's the, it's the, it's the dual mentality of um, I've been doing this for ages. I know what I see. Yeah. Well, you're just, proving half my point is is you've not evolved in your analysis because the game certainly has evolved in how it's played and so far all I'm seeing out of you is you want 1980s hockey back and which is funny because do you hear people from the 70s complaining about not having 1970s hockey exactly the 60s it is a fixture of a certain generation that just wants to keep things to the way they are. It's the reason well, why our commissioner is upwards of 70 years old. All the powers that be are getting older and older and older. It's No one's willing to let go and secede because they're selfish and ugh. It's especially bad in Edmonton because mm-hmm. what were the 80s to Edmonton, right? Mm-hmm. And so many of those guys started in that era and, you know, had this great run of luck. And it is luck. You happen to be doing your, you happen to be doing a job in the city when one of the greatest collection of hockey players the game has ever seen landed in your town for about 10 years. Oh, wow. How hard could that have been? Right. You know? And and you were given unfettered access to these guys, rightly or wrongly, because it was a small market, right? 
and you were able, you know, a lot of those guys hung out in the community, you know, even even during the off season. We don't have this, you know, twenty, like Merrick keeps saying, you know, you got twenty three individual corporations on a hockey team. This was still part of the whole, you know, team culture type thing back then, and you were almost embedded with the team a lot more than today because the players are more media savvy today. The teams are more media savvy today. The league is more media savvy. Media savvy savvy in the sense that, that they want state run, right? They want to control the message. They want to control the entirety of the message as much as they humanly can. Mm -hmm. And anyone that steps out of that line is, you know, going to be in for a little bit of a tongue lashing. In tongue lashing. Yeah. Interesting use of phrase there. That was intentional. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to bite. Oh, come wait, on. I don't think, I, I, wait, I think we're talking about different players now. Darn it. Eh. <laughs> um, I just get sick of the entitlement from those guys. He owes me an answer. No, he answered your question. You didn't like it. You decided to get haughty and uppity with him because you wanted him to throw someone under the bus. What the hell, you know, it's, it's, I'll take the other side of this. It's, it's like the people that got mad that the first question, you know, in the, in the, um, Kyle beach press conference with the NHL wasn't from Rick Westhead. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, yeah. Cause the rest of you people got on the call. And the minute somebody else pick, sticks up their hand, you know they're not going to call Westhead. They don't want to ask answer to him. They have no no right, no obligation, especially when you provide them an out. You don't want to provide them. You don't want to provide them the ability to to have other people um, answer questions ahead of Rick or Katie Katie Strang. Then don't raise your hands. Those two, it should have been a concerted effort. Those two should have been the only two to raise their hands to start, if that's what you wanted. Otherwise, you are naive, and I'll say it, a flat-out idiot to think that they aren't going to call on everyone else because they don't want to deal with it. No, no corporation softball does. questions? No corporation does. <laughs> the The... the the want of us for our company, you know, for, for this entity to be better is, you know, the, the distance between the reality of that and our desires in that is, is monument. It's just massive. They don't live in the same world with us. Hockey doesn't. I'm an ideal. I'm an idealist. I want this league to be way better than it is. Oh yeah, no, we all do, but but they don't live in the same world as the rest of us. Is what I'm saying, because so they can't see what we want because they're just doing what they've always done. Well, uh, partly, yeah, I, and I think some of it's they demand. You know, I'm better. They should be better. Okay, congratulations. <laughs> right. You know, how do you know? You you didn't just. You didn't just bring home a dog and it knew how to sit and sit up and go outside to go potty. You got to train it. 
how do you train it? Sometimes you got to train it, you know, with love. Sometimes you got to train it with a little bit of punishment. And sometimes you just wait on someone else to handle the situation entirely. And you know, and that's the other. Sometimes you send it off to an obedience trainer, and it comes back, and you didn't have to do any work, and everyone lauds you for you know how well behaved your dog is, and blah blah blah, and you get to take all the credit for someone else's work, and you have this conflated idea of what it actually takes to train a dog. Mm-hmm. Sounds no, so if familiar. You can admit to yourself. If you can admit to yourself that I am ill-equipped to handle this situation, so I reached out for help, that's a positive. Right. But then you hit the second point that everyone misses out on, that because the situation worked out, I now have some sort of insight into how things should work or what I did good to make this situation better when in reality I did nothing. Yeah. So they think they have the answers when they don't. It's, yeah, the whole whole uh, mentality of either not understanding that they need to ask questions or not feeling or feeling like if they ask for help that um, it'll make them look quote unquote weak somehow that toxic masculinity thing that is so rampant in the NHL um, it, yeah and the league just does not care because because they want to be that state driven we control everything. Everyone in the world sees these guys as idiots, but they don't damage or make business harder for the owners. And most of the time, they don't make life harder for the general managers to do day-to-day business. So who cares? such a 1950s like business mentality you know it's just do it the way we've always done it keep the people that we know in it uh good old boys network as long as we're okay everything's okay kind of thinking and what's worse right now is there was nothing that happened on the ice pretty much over the course of the week that could drown any of this out. There was nothing exciting enough. There weren't enough games. None of the product they produced reached the levels to drown this out after, say, a two- or three-hour time period the next day. Yes, it's going to come up on sports media the next day, but we are, what, recording five, six days out from the incident? And it is still getting played and talked about elsewhere. This is our first talk chance to talk about it together. But it's still going to be brought up little by little. Thank God the Oilers won last night. Ugh. I got to be honest with you. I was kind of hoping they'd lose. I mean, that's a more interesting story. Well... It's more interesting to me personally because I am so over and done with um, Ken Holland, um, you know, and all the and all the other narratives that are going around about this team. You know what this team needs and what it doesn't need. When it's blatantly obvious what that team needs. <laughs> You know, it needs to, to trade dry cycle. <laughs> They're going to trade dry cycle. That's what it needs. Uh, 
do it do it after uh, not after not after last night <laughs> yeah no do it do it after you um pick first in the upcoming draft because no know. he's he's going to be well you know matheson's going to be labeling him a cancer in the locker room right well matheson's already done those types of things to him but given the way the team is constructed and coached, he single-handedly won a game for them. No, I, I take that back. He and Koskinen single-handedly won that game for the Oilers last night. But it, it comes back to what Patrick was saying. The issues are apparent to everyone except for the people in charge of the Oilers. Because they're the issue. Right. And I think it goes one step above Holland and Bob Nicholson. Dear God, that entire organization just needs to be stripped down. Well, I mean, the front office. They Here's the scary thing. With the roster constructed as poorly as it has been, over the last two off seasons, someone could come in and figure out how to get them to work. What's what is Connor McDavid's single most important ass, uh, asset in his game? Leon Dreisaitl. <laughs> Damn it! Why'd you pick the right answer? <laughs> what about in his individual skill repertoire? Oh God, speed? it's his speed. Okay, so why are they playing a game that negates his speed? That makes it kind of useless because it, it, it gets stuck on the outside. Because they have no creativity and no talent to be able to open the ice up for him. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know? Meanwhile, you know, like I said, Koskinen played great and I really paid attention to the post game. Everyone's giving Koskinen big hugs. They know his performance has hung them out to dry a lot during this downspell, but it's not all on him. And the players showed that to me. But Drysidle winning the game, not built on speed. He he just had to say, "F it, we're doing it live." Yeah. And it, it's as simple as that. It's none of this is really that hard to figure out. But we end up in these cycles over and over and over again because no one wants to put in the work. 200 document. So many words and none of them they actually care about. <laughs> oh, the NHL is just, you know wash with performative oh yeah glossy performative language we brought in one person we were celebrating one individual we've done our job mm-hmm. that said I will have to um, god these words are going to come out of my mouth and they're going to make me feel icky we have to somewhat laud the Vancouver Canucks for hiring Rachel Dory. Now, whether this is a situation like the Kraken did, where they hire all these smart, you know, um, these smart people who can bring 
and I want to say I don't want to say the the magic BS bingo words of diversity and and different you know, perspective. That's exactly it. You know, these people who who have these different perspectives, who have different ways of consolidating and presenting information on player performances and all of these other things you know like the Kraken did the Kraken did such a wonderful job of hiring such a good staff for that and then choosing to ignore them well yeah I mean that's always the second piece that people like to gloss over right (laughs) right and that's what I'm saying you know it's great that they hired Rachel now are they going to listen to her you know uh, let's see, hockey men, listening to women. Um, hmm, that is a tough one to answer, isn't it? I'm sorry, Cassie, did you say something? No, never mind. I, I'm just talking to myself. <laughs> Come on, you couldn't set me up like that. You know that. I know. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's the the thing that made me cringe when you said Laud the Canucks was, um, and I'm sure that's what made you cringe as you said it, was the bar is so low that it's buried six feet under. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, and like just walking over ground. <laughs> I found a great gif of a, a runway model you know, doing one of those spring or fall week fashion shows. And she was wandering, you know, she was, making it. It, she was making it, you know, her way down there. And there was absolutely nothing on the floor and she face planted. Mm-hmm. And that's one of my favorite ones to say, you know, the NHL, you know, the, the bar is set so fucking low for you. And here's what you still managed to do. And yes, I kind of swore and I mumbled it, and I don't care today. No, I'm I, really not in the mood for it today. <laughs> I can only imagine. All y'all should be thankful. I've it's not just been a solid twenty minutes of me doing a George Carlin esque set on the rampant stupidity in this sport. <laughs> I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna qualify it to any one league in this sport as a whole. Uh, God, speaking of West Ted. <laughs> yeah. His latest. Yeah, there's a reason why nobody in hockey wants to talk to him, at least publicly. Um. <laughs> and that is disgusting to me, right? I know. You know, and that's the worst effing part. Is. Okay. He is doing he is doing a thankless service to so many people. He and Katie Strang, they should be winning awards left right center. The credit well the, the the fans are giving him more credit than anybody else, but Well, of course, because nobody in the position of power wants the black eye. Right. Even though the entire the entirety of the sport is a black eye. No, and it can't be a black eye or else they would have chased it out of the league. Mm-hmm. ECHL, anyone? 
See, it's funny because, like, you know, people get like to sit there and think, oh, this is just the NHL. It's like, no, it's the entire freaking sport. Everybody wants to be just like the NHL. And so everyone's emulating the NHL. It's not just men's hockey either. Women's hockey tends to emulate the NHL too. So they're not as bad, obviously, right now. But but still, it, it's not even North American leagues. It's European leagues. It's every single bit of the sport wants to be like the NHL. And the NHL is a train wreck, to say the least. The NHL would have failed as a business if it were into anything but hockey. Yeah, I keep wondering how it still manages to stay afloat. <laughs> I mean, I know how, but, you know, there's a part of me that's like, how, how do they even, how are they even, like, managing to run this as a business in, at any level? I just don't understand. <laughs> there are enough people in the world that do not give a whatever just show me something that I like and I can just turn off the rest of the noise around it. Yeah. And then there's people like us that. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm back to the relaxing campfire. <laughs> so let's change the topic then. What should we talk about? <laughs> Here's a crazy idea. What if you, you know, invest like real money and in dollars into something? Do you, do you think it has a chance of succeeding? Depends on if you uh, if you hire what people what what is universally considered quote unquote experts to like guide so, you and and do things. So we should all be paying attention to see who the PHF hires over the next three years as they intend to invest a lot of money into their product, mm -hmm. almost like a starting business who is still very infancy where you, you put money into something with hopes of future returns. That's usually how most businesses work. But when something's been around for 100 years... Eh, we'll be fine. Tradition could or something. Yeah, could you imagine what the NHL would look like today if players had been given an opportunity to um, uh, be owners of the teams that they were on, right? Because part of the PHF agreement was there was a certain percentage of ownership um, – 10% equity in each team. Yeah. Um, could you imagine what the NHL would look like today if players were given equity in the franchise? I well, mean, on the men's side, sadly, it might be... About the same, because they would end up being talked out of, like, having it. After all, let's look at escrow. <laughs> yeah. Had they given them equity in the franchise instead of this revenue split, how do you think it would look? You, you, I think honestly... you'd see, you think you'd see players, you know, not that, not that many big 
free agents jump ship, but do you think you'd see, you, you know, what what trades would look like, what no move clauses, what players' free agency would look like if that was part of the CBA? Ooh. And I'll mean, and I'll throw it. Sorry, Cassie, really quick. I'll, and I'll finish and let you talk because you know I'm a man. I need to finish. <laughs> Your priority, right? I'm yeah, sure. exactly. I have mm-hmm. right away access. Um, yeah. If if this had gone all, you know, if that had been part of the league in its infancy, could you imagine what it'd be like? So this is this is my problem with that is that um, I don't. If it had been part of the league in its infancy, it would have been gone by now, um, because players up until. After the 2004, or is it four, five, five, six, whatever, whatever that season was, um, didn't really care. They just wanted to play. They don't really. They didn't really care about the financial end of like teams and things, unless it impacted whether, you know, what what contracts they got. And that was supposed to be taken over. You know, the NHLPA was supposed to be the ones that were looking out for them on that. Uh, count so I don't I don't know that that would have stuck around now if it was implemented more recently if it was say let's let's say it was implemented after that last season the players the the players it would have to be the players association that had a 10% stake in every team otherwise you wouldn't be able to trade right because each team is is got a different monetary value associated with it and so 10% would look very different from team to team and um, you know if they're getting revenue off of that the players are individually then obviously everybody's going to want to play on the teams that make the most money well but you wouldn't you also expect that there are guys that want to be that would be drafted by a certain franchise that then want to see that franchise gain value so that their equity becomes more valuable. You know, Certainly. I'm thinking, I'm thinking specifically of the Mario Lemieux scenario and Sidney Crosby and the after effect, right? Mario Lemieux was owed a metric ton of money by the Pittsburgh Penguins. What did they do? They basically gave him part of the franchise. Mm-hmm. What did he do? <laughs> you know? Yes, I know this the infamous Sidney Crosby model from Brian Burke, but even with the best player in the league, as we've seen... That doesn't help. <laughs> you know, it's not a it's not a guaranteed cure all for anything. Mm-hmm. They have done, rightfully or wrongfully, they have done a good job of of building that band that brand back from what it was. So now, if you're you know if you're the next if you're Shane Wright or Connor Bedard and the system's in place and you end up going to Ottawa, what are you gonna do? Right. You're going to want to see that ownership is, you know, doing everything it can to increase the value of that franchise because it directly impacts you. Mm-hmm. So, do you think players wouldn't be a little more prone to telling Eugene Melnick to go shut his pie hole, let's get a deal done for a new stadium? Versus letting them, you know, faff about and, you know, the entire uncertainty of the franchise. I mean, there's there's always that pride of ownership and 
aspect that I always think NHL players, you know, and I'm also kind of thinking of, of, you know, and bless his heart, you know, and, and all, uh, all our love and support to the Gillies family, you know, guys like Clark Gillies and those Islanders guys, they move there, they live there, mm-hmm. you know, and they wanted nothing more than to see that franchise become a success, not just on the ice, but, you know, gain in value, gain in stature, be a premier franchise. And had they had the opportunity to directly benefit from that or be part of that um, that rise, what are we looking at? You know, I'll, I'm going to be very interested to see how the PHF does this because it's got the opportunity to force that, that off axis thinking that hockey tends not want, tends to want to avoid because the players are now going to have a stake in the whole thing and they're going to say no 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 no. We've been doing it this way. This way is not working. We need to try this and this. And they'll have a seat at that table. Now of course we all know that the emperor um Jeremy Teen, Jeremy Jacobs would never allow any of that because it's Jeremy Jacobs. Um but it'd be such an interesting. Uh, I would love to see it happen. I know you and I, you we know it's never going to happen. Well, and then, I mean, there's also like, and I really hate talking about this at this point. Um, there's also a hockey culture to take into consideration with that. Um, in the women's side, it's very different. Because women are more prone. If, if women don't like something, or they're they're trying to, or their coach or whoever tries to intimidate them into going along, they'll quit before that they cave, right? They'll be like, I don't need this, and they'll walk. Um, on the men's side, that's not the way it usually works. Usually, um, <laughs> we've seen um, coaches have a lot more power over players. General managers have a lot more power over players because the players have given away their power. And so in order to play, um, and so for, for men to play, it's more, it's, it's more important to them because it ties into their identity, their sense of self women, when they play, it's something that they do and they enjoy, but that doesn't necessarily mean that's who they are. Right. So, so the the way the the each group navigates the same sport is very different. So, however the women go about it, however the PHF goes about it, may not turn out the same as if the men were to do the same thing. I just, yeah, I don't disagree with you there. I think it'd just be. Absolutely fascinating to see Brad Marchand have more of a seat at the table. You know, <laughs> for all of his antics on the ice, you know, he's walked the walk with a lot of this stuff off the ice. Yeah, I mean, you can't deny that he doesn't care. You know, right? <laughs> he cares. Right. You know, and, and it's very obvious. And the, you know, that clap back to the Carolina Hurricanes was just a thing of beauty. 
it was a master class oh my god it was just a thing of beauty and you know another one of these lines of demarcation is, is the people that overthought it and tried to do you know think pieces and start digging no 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 no, 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 no. they didn't try to, they tried to but actually them yeah 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 yeah, yeah. rather yeah. than just saying guys sometimes a cigar is just a cigar <laughs> sometimes a chirp is just a chirp and and sometimes an epic chirp is just an epic chirp you know mm-hmm. don't like we said you know with the whole uh, battle of alberta thing and you know and and the whole hurricanes you know bunch of jerks things if you don't want slap back don't slap <laughs> You know, it's just, and I love how it started. You know, an innocent comparison of two players who have nothing in common, <laughs> and you know that, and Marshawn stepping up to the plate with a, it's like comparing a Prius to a Lamborghini. It's just like God, that was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And then L is for Lamborghini, and you're the reason why we paid twenty percent in escrow. It's just let it happen. It was he. He got the final word because he was good at the game. Yeah, it's it's an esoteric poke, you know, and it's meant to rile up the fan base, and it riled up the fan base. But I guarantee you, a lot of the people in the fan base were giggling because it was funny. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. nobody likes to be you know accused of being the 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 poor kids, you know, who are, you know. Having to having to get help all the time, but come on, it could. You think about what other what what could have been said. <laughs> you know what would generally have been said by players. Stuff that they would have said on the ice would have mm-hmm. been way more derogatory, way more hurtful. Aimed at specific, you know, aimed at specificities in some way, shape, or form, whether they're players or coaches or GMs or something. That was just, come on, <laughs> let it go. <sighs> Sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Unless it was created in the 1980s, and it's the greatest thing known to man, and i that's all I want. So I let me turn to, everything else into this. I swear to God, he's got dirt on people, and that's the only reason he hasn't been canned. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Well, when we're talking about the 1980s Oilers, and that's what he, I'm saying. he knows a thing or two. He knows that's a thing I'm or saying. two that we all... We all publicly know and can acknowledge, but he actually has details. Oh, he was He's probably got the there. receipts. Yeah. Oh no, he was most certainly there, and probably. I'm gonna stop there before I say something. Oh, it was off the record. Yeah, mm-hmm. Until I write, until I write my book. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, not to not to loop back to this again, but if you don't believe me that he's, you know just a crotchety old hack. Look what he did to Koskinen. He literally said, you know, how do you feel knowing, you know, knowing that nobody wants you here? Okay, well, you know, that's a question 
you can ask the guy, but do you want to do it in a public setting? Versus, you know, hey, can I get Koskin in for five or ten minutes, you know, over the phone or something? Mm-hmm. You know, you, uh, this whole BS of I need to be in the room with them, you know, to ask, no, you don't need to be doing it during a scrum. Ask the PR staff to get five to ten with them. Do a phoner and say, you know, hey, I want to ask you some questions and, uh, you know, I want to I want to get your responses and I'm not going to do it on a, you know, he knew what he was doing. He knew it was yeah. a live stream. He knew everybody and their dog was going to see it. That's why he did it. Yeah. And then he, <laughs> and then exactly he tries, why he did it. And then he tries to run and hide behind the whole asking tough questions, Hall of Famer. Well, no, you're not Hall of Fame. You're Hall of Fame adjacent. And that's not a tough question. It's a lazy question. And at the end of it, no one got anything of benefit from it. Well, he did. Did he? He got to be the story. What do you think he wants? With an eagle like that, what do you want? I want to be the story. Sad thing is, how did it even? It didn't even benefit him at all, which makes it worse. Oh, you get to be the story. Eighties mentality. There's no such thing as bad press. Okay, if he can't, if he can't have a good story, then he wants to be the story. Well, either way, he either way, so long as he's the story, you know, because these guys have, and I'm, I'm going to paint with a very broad brush, but some of them have that mentality of, I'm going to, Damian Cox is another one. My opinions are so contrarian and controversial. Why? No, they're not. Because that's the way I am. Mm-hmm. No. No, you're not. You no. just like to write that way because why? It gets you attention. And few people do it because they don't know someone else. They don't they don't have friends who are in positions of power that can, you know, <clears throat> vouch for them. Is it wrong that I'm I want to stoke this fire a little bit that I'm watching? <laughs> God, that sunset is gorgeous. No. Somebody pull the shit out because I'm about ready to go off again. This campfire is not relaxing me enough. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a question? (sighs) We have to have a question? Okay. I I think I can pull one off. Okay. But, But this might be challenging. After his escrow clap back. How would you have returned fire to Brad Marchand and clapped right back at him? This has been the 3B3 Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at 3B3 Podcast. We're available for NHL consulting at reasonable fees.